Good morning, good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Rebel News Daily Live Stream. I'm your host, Sheila Gunn-Reed, and on Mondays, I co-host with my fellow Albertan, Adam Sos. Adam, how's it going? Oh, it's going good. How about yourself? Oh, great. Um, hopefully, we have a few technical problems today. We started off with a little teeny one, but I think that's uh, pretty minor. We can fix it as we go. Um, <laughs> we've got a lot to talk about. A lot of things unfolded over the weekend in Calgary, as anticipated, actually. We uh, sort of knew by the statements the police uh, chief was making, Mark Newfeld. Um, pastor arresting police, Mark Newfeld, and um, some of the saber rattling, rattling coming out of the municipal government. So what we saw was completely expected. Um, everybody sort of was talking about violence, and they created a confrontation. And so they did, in the end, get the violence that they wanted. Um, but before we get to that, um, we should tell everybody what we're doing and how best they can support us and why we may at some point have to sign off from YouTube. However, we've been pretty good at staying on YouTube just by sort of dancing around topics and winking at them a little bit. So this is the Rebel News Daily Livestream. We used to just be hosted on Friday and just hosted by Ezra Levant. But then the pandemic struck, there was more news than ever, and you definitely could not rely on the mainstream media to tell you what was actually happening. So we thought one of the best ways to talk about the news as it breaks was unscripted, where we just react and talk about the news. So we expanded the live stream from just Friday to the five full work days um, of the week. However, Ezra, he's the owner and publisher of Canada's largest independent news network. So he sort of stepped back from live stream hosting and the rest of us talent, as they call us, we're journalists. We stepped in and we filled the, the void. And so I host Monday, Tuesdays and Thursdays, um, Mondays with Adam. And then some of our other um, talent, as they say, co-host on the other days. But it's a great way for you, or it used to be, to support the work that we do completely willingly on YouTube through something called a Super Chat. But then Joe Biden won. You, YouTube didn't have to pretend to be sort of unbiased anymore. And they completely demonetized a whole host of conservative content, including our own. So we cannot take a super chat over there, but we still broadcast over there because there are 1.5 plus million YouTube subscribers that we don't want to abandon. Some of you hate watch us. Um, doesn't matter. It's all the same to me. Um, we don't, uh, we will take all the eyeballs we can get. So we're on YouTube as long as possible. However, I'm pretty sure in the very near future, they might just kick us off altogether. That's why we've made contingency plans. As I say frequently, we're like Johnny Appleseed, just sprinkling our content all over the internet. So we are also live streaming on Getter. I think this is our fifth week um, on Getter, and that seems to be going relatively well there. Um, actually, pretty well hitchless on Getter. And we also are streaming on uh, Rumble, Odyssey, and Super U. And Rumble allows you to do something called uh, Rumble Rant. That's a paid chat. If you send us one of those, we'll read it on air. Odyssey has something called uh, Hyper Chat. Again, that's their paid chat. If you send us a paid chat, we'll read it on air. And on Super U, it's called a Super U Shout. It's a great way to support the work that we do completely willingly and also to have your say and interact with us because unlike the mainstream media, we don't get money from Justin Trudeau, but we also... Don't turn off the comments. We want to hear from you, good, bad, or ugly. And I think that is all the nuts and bolts of uh, getting things out of the way. Um, let's maybe head into some of the crazy things that happened in Calgary 
Um, maybe we'll head yeah. off with Kian's first video. Um, that's the one. Police have pushed the anti-mandate protesters out of the park to the sidewalk. And I'm old enough to remember when, I guess last week, on Friday, the um, city of Calgary went and sought an injunction that would prevent this protest from going forward or being as robust as it normally is. Uh, they got an injunction that prevented basically noise making in a park. Um, so you cannot do anything that would disrupt the enjoyment of other people in the park. Well, if you can't protest in a public place, where are you supposed to protest? And secondarily, yeah. I think I think they prevented them from being on the sidewalks, but this video tells me that they pushed them onto the sidewalk. Yeah, I think I think the clip's getting pulled up there probably, but as that comes up, <clears throat> it's like I, I've spent lots of time in downtown Calgary. It's nice to see these parks actually getting used for once because frankly, they're usually right. empty. Um, so they're actually getting some use, but you know, these politicians can't stand to see tax dollars being used effectively and actually having people in the parks that we're all paying for. Um, so they had to interject and and, and stop that. You know, there's, a, there's other protests days later that city councillors were <clears throat> fine with loud, boisterous, rambunctious sort of uh, protests for various causes, but they're all causes that align with, uh, align rather with Jyoti Gondek's progressive ideology. Um, these these protests don't align with them, so they're happy to kick them out. Listen, like you said from the get go, these have been peaceful for two years. Yeah. There was never two years, never really? incidents Completely. outside from like maybe one or two sort of really fringe outliers who have clearly underlying uh, issues, and everyone at the protest is aware of them and tries to help police manage them. Um, aside from that. It's been literally peaceful for two years. The first time these counter protesters show up, smoke bombs start going off. A week later, GOT Gondek gets involved and everyone's saying, oh, violence, violence, violence. Well, guess what? It, none of these events have been violent in any way, shape or form until the left shows up. We, I can even think back to that hospital protest where everyone was peaceful, everyone was quiet. Antifa shows up blaring dubstep and gets into fights with everybody. And then they're saying, oh, well, there was violence on both sides. No, there wasn't violence on both sides. In fact, the only violence I really saw here was from the left in any of these instances, or from cops who, who seem to be going a little bit of overboard, shoving people aggressively. Giotti was outraged when this legal protest was making its way through the streets of downtown Calgary, escorted by police. And the Beltline protesters literally, literally illegally blocked the road, refused to comply with police officers. Then the police were forced to clear them. She wasn't happy about that because that was the police actually doing their job. She wants the police being used as a militant arm of enforcement for her ideologies. And she's not getting that right now. Yeah. She wants them used as Antifa security guards. Um, that's basically what she's asked for here. And just to give a little context, the mayor of Calgary, Jody Gondek, she has brought a little bit of Ottawa police enforcement to Cowtown. Um, this last minute court order that they received on Friday, I think at about four o'clock in the afternoon before this mm. weekly Saturday protest that Adam points out has always been peaceful. I've been down there before Adam came on board. I was down there almost every week. They pray before it starts, they feed the homeless, and then they head out onto the streets. They cut a lap and then come back. It, that's it. Um, and the um, left in Calgary... The walk is an hour. It's 
if there, there's one hour where they're walking through. Yeah. And the left in Calgary has decided that this should not be allowed for some reason, um, I guess just based on political reasons. And so the mayor said, yep, it's got to stop. But she also realized I can't direct the police to be my political enforcers. However, I will write a letter to the police commission and ask them to enforce, I guess, her political censorship on these peaceful protesters. The Calgary police chief, Mark Newfeld, more than happy to comply, held a press conference saying, how exactly are we going to find a way to limit the peaceful free expression of these people? He literally said, how do we limit their section to charter rights? We're going to have to think about that. And then the city of Calgary got creative with that last minute court order. They realized, okay, we can't tell the police what to do. So let's go get a piece of paper from a judge that tells the police what to do. And that's exactly what they did. And sneakily learning a lesson from the Alberta government and Alberta Health Services, they did this thing ex parte, which means they didn't include or inform the other side so that the other side could show up and say, no, this is a peaceful protest. There's no reason to limit it. You can put up with mm -hmm. us for an hour a week. They did this ex parte, which... Um, I, I mean, they know who's leading the protest. They know who's involved in the protest. They do police surveillance down there and facial recognition on the people who are in the protest. So they know who they could have served with a notice to appear before a judge and argue against this court order. They just didn't do it because they wanted a very specific outcome that would result in arrest. And at the end of the day, it did. Um, yeah. So maybe we have that clip from K2, but I'll get Adam's comments first. Go ahead. Yeah, it's it's just it's wild to see. And we've seen this before. During the height of COVID, there was no protests to be allowed. And then there was a number of pro-Palestinian protests. And suddenly yeah. they changed the rules to accommodate those protests, which comparatively, as much as those protests were generally peaceful, um, that was more driving through the streets, illegally stunting, sitting on top of vehicles. Like there was a ton sure. of traffic infractions associated with that, but they went out of their way to ensure that that could take place because that's something yeah. they align with ideologically. Um, this, however, is not something they align with ideologically. So they're willing to go out of their way. They're willing to fundamentally undermine policing uh, to manage us. And it was so wild watching Mark New Newfeld. It was interesting to see him for once filled with even like a little tiny bit of trepidation. I don't know if you remember the comments where he's like, well, if we don't go after the freedom people, they call us Nazis. If we go after them, they yeah. call us like, you could tell he was kind of like, I don't, why did I get into this? Like he almost for the first time was like, well, I don't want to be overtly political. I just want to be like subtly punishing people. Um, Jyoti really thrust him into the spotlight of not being able to deny that he is a political activist, um, or is at least being used as a political activist. And these people professing, uh, and we'll get to this clip as well, but acting as if they don't know what is going on. I mean, if, if it's true, they're utterly inept. Um, and if it isn't true, then they're active political agents. So they're either idiots or they're active political agents. And I'm referring specifically to questions about the charges uh, and why there was no arrest for David Pavlowski. We'll get to this eventually, though. But whether it's Jason Kenney alleging that Pastor Archer incited violence or uh, this officer implying that he doesn't understand yeah. the charges against these prominent figures, well, I mean, if that's the case, 
you don't, you're not doing your job properly, or you're, you're, you're lying overtly and you're an activist and you know exactly what's going on. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's go to K2's first one about when they push the people out of the public park where they're safely gathering, peacefully gathering the cops move in and try to, um, I guess, purge them from the park and pile them up on the sidewalk for some reason. And that court order basically says you can't be on the sidewalk. So as I watched this, I was like, ah, I see what they're doing here. They're trying to create a situation where they can start issuing tickets and arresting people by kicking them out of the park. And if they don't disperse and stand on the sidewalk, guess what? You're getting a ticket. Um, so, yep. uh, or you're getting arrested for breaking a court order because they were going around serving the court order to everybody. They even served one to our journalist, Sid Fizard. Um, why don't we roll this? <laughs> Okay, so we're just going to get everyone on the sidewalk. You were just going to push all these people out of the park where they can all fit and then push them out onto the sidewalk where now they cause a traffic snarl, a disruption, and they are ultimately in breach of that court order. So they were forcing people to breach the court order right there. Yeah, yeah, um, exactly. Now, uh, we've got the next clip um, in our Slack chat is from K2 again. Police were slowly pushing the anti-mandate protesters out of the park, and there was an arrest for unknown reasons on the anti-mandate side. So this is a freedom protester getting arrested here. And I think as it turns out, if this is the clip I think it is, I'll watch, we'll watch it together. This is an independent journalist getting arrested. So uh, I think, I'm not sure. So let's just roll it and we'll watch it. I didn't see the arrest there, but you can see I in think the background. That's later. Brought, yeah. yeah, you can see in the background they've brought the mounted unit in. Um, maybe let's go to that. So again, let's replicate Ottawa as much as possible. We've saw some of the greatest civil rights violations of peaceful protesters in a generation. And G.O.D. Gondex Calgary is like, yep, let's do that. Sounds great. So um let's bunch get of down grandmas to the on mobility unit, but... scooters running away. Yeah, yeah. Chain up your grandmas. The cops are on the, yeah. their horses. <laughs> it's 
So just so people can get a feel for this, Adam, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, this, where they're filming, they would be filming at Calgary City Hall looking into the Olympic Plaza, right? Um, I believe unless, cause I, so they started at central Memorial park. That's where most of them have been. And then when they were yeah. told to move out of the park, um, they're like, well, city hall is not a park, so we can go there without violating the rules was the organizer's right. logic. Where so are you supposed, where else are you supposed to protest the government except at the building yeah. that houses the government? Yeah, exactly. So they're like, well, it's not a park and we're not staying on the sidewalk. So they made their way over that way. You know, the, the thing that really, that, dawns on me and is, is, is really upsetting here. We saw these ex parte, uh, sort of court orders by these questionable judges against the pastors as well. And those, those are categorically per the expert opinion of, of quite a few lawyers who aren't activists, but are just good lawyers, not constitutional. The, the way those quarters have been applied. Um, we've seen some of the sanctions resulting from those court orders being uh, held. And we'll get to this again in a minute, but uh, pending appeal. Um, so there's some serious constitutional issues as to whether any of these court orders hold up, but they've done it again. Like literally right now, the rights of people who have been peacefully protesting are once again, like the rights of those pastors who were arrested, being stripped away from them, or at least they're trying to, based on these court orders that are categorically unconstitutional. And then the court system seems to say, well, we're so overwhelmed with stuff, we're going to deal with this in a year. So for the time being, no freedoms for you. And then when we get around to it, we'll determine if what we did was illegal. Yeah, let's go to, um, I think it's one of the, in the Slack thread, Olivia, the image of the arrest. So footage from yesterday's protest, a young freelance videographer was arrested. When the police were advancing on anyone who didn't move, um, anyone who didn't move got hit or taken down, meaning he was just too close to them while he was filming. So he was taken into custody. This is a freelance journalist on the streets of Calgary now. So again, a little Ottawa comes to Calgary um, and journalists are being arrested. Let's roll that. Look at this. His shoes are off? What a crooked police chief. He needs to resign. Read him his charge. What are you doing to his neck? We're going to get even. What the fuck are For one shirtless, yeah. shoeless young journalist, they took him down like yeah. he was a, uh, well, I guess a pastor. It's Calgary. I was going to say an ISIS terrorist, yeah, exactly. but <laughs> they'll, they'll get sh sh the red carpet rolled out for them. Uh, he's taken down like he was just trying to have church over there. It's just grotesque. Yeah. And where? Where are our conservative politicians? Where are the UCP MLAs from Calgary saying, holy hell, what is happening in Calgary right now? They're they're fine with campaigning for Jason Kenney. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Their silence speaks volumes. Um, yeah. One, we have two last clips. Um, one from 
Mark, well, two from Mark Neufeld. So this is the police chief of Calgary, the one that has overseen the arrest of Pastor Arthur Pulowski several times, the high-profile takedowns, and the arrests, those gut-wrenching arrests of Tim Stevens in front of his screaming, crying, pleading children. This is the guy who did this. And so we really, what we're seeing in Calgary should surprise absolutely none of us because uh, I'm actually surprised it took them this long. Um, so K2's got another clip about the arrests. There were six arrests from the protest. One was a demonstrator who honked their horn, um, which violated court order. Um, so let's just see. What, <laughs> stupidest what, thing I've ever heard in my life. What a, what a I, world. There, before we go on, there's a sign in Edmonton as I drive into Edmonton on Highway 16. And because Edmonton has an injunction against honking too, because it has the big convoy protests every weekend. And it yeah. says like, be kind. Um, something about like Edmonton is for everybody. Like, okay, don't honk your horn or don't honk or something. Every time I see that sign, I honk and then I give it the finger. I, like, <laughs> I, I don't care. <laughs> it's the dumbest thing because it's like, it has this underlying layer that you are non-inclusive, i.e. racist, if you honk your horn. HH? So it's so dumb. You know what that stands H -H. for, Sheila? <laughs> that woman is crazy. The pandemic has done But she's not, though. Things. She's like, she's probably on par mainstream. GOT oh, probably yeah. read that and was like, yeah, honking is is for yeah. a salute of the theater. Like... Uh, anyway, let's roll this clip from Mark Newfeld. Maybe in the running for the worst police chief in the country. Let's hear it. As well as one vehicle was taken off the road for several failures under the commercial vehicle regulations. That occurred outside City Hall and involved a large and decorated semi-truck that was incessantly sounding its horn in violation of the injunction order. That driver was arrested and the truck was towed from the highway as well as one vehicle was taken off the road for several... Okay, that's good. Anyways, they're holding press conferences about honking scoff laws like they've just arrested Paul Bernardo. Like, this is the best yeah. thing that ever happened to these cops. They really think that they're making Calgary a safer place. Well, it, it's the wild thing to me that what dawns on me is this is so much he didn't want to be the fired Ottawa police chief who was being sensible. He's like, well, I'm not yeah. going to be sensible and keep things calm and de-escalate. Like all these progressives forever have been saying like ACAB and they need to de-escalate. They need yeah. training. Well, the policing we've seen over the past two years um, at the protests anyways, not the pastor Arthur stuff, not the pastor arrests, but the treatment towards the protesters has generally been very respectful. Um, they clear the roads out they make way for people it, it's yeah. been them doing their job making sure it remains peaceful making sure no one gets hit by a car or anything like that that's what the police have been doing i'm sure the pressure came and it was like you're going to follow in the footsteps of mr reasonable in on in ottawa and we'll replace you with a radical if you can't hammer down and he's like no no i'll hammer down yeah this is a guy who's trading his dignity for his pension in real time it's really something to see it um, yeah. the next one I think is the worst. Well, it's not the worst. I mean, we just saw a pastor or um, a pastor get arrested. We saw a journalist get arrested. Um, this next one, the bloodlust yeah. of the mainstream yeah. media to incarcerate peaceful protesters and people they don't like politically. It's gross and they have no shame about it. You know, no. it's, it's, they're starting to say the quiet things loud. And not just say yeah. it on Twitter. 
Say it in press conferences. This is snitch culture, snitch enforcers in action. We've got a clip of a global news journalist without any sense of shame whatsoever, basically winking, hinting at the police chief, Mark Newfeld. Why haven't you arrested Pastor Art's brother, David? Because he gave a speech at the um, anti-mandate protest. And doesn't that violate his bail conditions? Why don't you go get him? Take a look at this. Hi, Chief. Thanks for taking my question here. Just in regards to the speakers at Group A's protest, uh, one of them was very well-known, David Pawlowski. And under his conditions, it does state that he has to read a certain excerpt that the judge had uh, given the brothers when they do uh, talk about anything regarding coronavirus, et cetera, things like that. Um, I guess just a question for that is how come he wasn't arrested kind of, I think on the spot is the wrong word, but uh, he was he was able to, you know, speak to the crowd, get on the mic, things like that. How come due to his judge orders and especially because he is, I would say, well known to police, he wasn't kind of stopped in the interim? Yeah, so I'm not sure uh, the answer to the question there, and, and thanks. Um, so, but I can tell you that every time somebody's at the mic uh, at uh, you know these types of protests, we are um, recording and we're aware of what's being said. In fact, a lot a lot of times the groups will live stream it themselves. So if we are not, uh, if a person is arrestable, you may see them arrested, sort of as you say on the spot, uh, or we may follow up after and do it. So I wasn't uh, aware of that particular individual speaking uh, at this particular rally. But I can guarantee you that if that's a breach of some sort of court order or whatever, that will be followed up on. Can we just stop like, and appreciate that these enforcers, these awful, terrible, they're not journalists, they're snitches. Yeah. If they are going to get on a microphone and ask a question, at least know what the hell you're talking about. That woman yeah. got it all wrong, but she doesn't care about the facts, clearly, no. does she? Well, and she she is exactly the type of person who's creating this false narrative about the Pawlowskis out there that is, yeah. is rooted in misinformation. The fact that Neufeld doesn't know the terms or that those uh, probation uh, terms or sanction terms rather are being appealed and have been suspended by a court, which suggests that the, the overruling court that is opening them to appeal, the fact that they suspended those sanctions indicates that they are like, well, this is too egregious a violation of his fundamental rights for us to implement it until this appeal process is in place. So those terms, the compelled speech mandate, the travel mandate, that stuff, that is all held over for the time being until the foreseeable future, um, until the appeals process, which off the top of my head, I don't remember when that's happening. It's a couple months away for sure. Until that appeals process, the, all those sanctions are pending. They're, they're not enforced. They're pending that appeal process. So they're basically saying, well, and the police chief doesn't know this somehow, and the, the reporter doesn't know this, maybe they should watch Rebel News instead of whichever Mickey Mouse outlet they work for. But if they did, they would understand that those sanctions are stayed pending that appeal. So they aren't in place. So David Pawlowski can show up, he can speak, he can do all of these things. What he, what, what those uh, sanctions implemented is no longer in effect. So she's saying he should be arrested based on these horrible Justice Adam Germain thought police sanctions that aren't even in place. We saw this at Milk River and Coots as well. Journalists were like, well, why hasn't everyone been arrested already? 
I'm like, that's not your job as a journalist. It's funny. People suggest that we're, uh, the Trudeau government certainly did it and a federal court disagreed with them that we're activists and agents within the news we report. Well, I can tell you, we certainly don't go around. Why aren't you enforcing? Why aren't you arresting? We report the news. We tell the other side of the story. We certainly don't go around asking cops to arrest people, asking for political enforcement of ideologies. Then again, when you're getting these kinds of handouts from the government, I suppose you have to, uh, have to go tit for tat with the hand that feeds, so to speak. So that's why these people are doing this, but it's so reflective of the ideological drive in these newsrooms that someone would think to show up and ask this question. And I'm sure they got a pat on the back for it too. It's insane. It's absolute madness. It's not journalism. And like you said, it's not only not journalism and that that's not a journalistic question, but on a fundamental level, their facts are wrong. They didn't do their basic research to ask the question in the first place. It's like me going to a Jean Charest event and saying, well, you're a bit for the liberal party of Canada leadership. Like it's factually wrong from the get go. And that's, that's a- amateur independent journalists wouldn't get that wrong yet. This massive state funded conglomerate can't seem to get their facts right. Well, that's the thing. I fundamentally disagree with the premise of that question um, in that it is not a journalist's job to be a snitch and to encourage the state to, uh, I guess, hold the people to account on behalf of the government. But even yeah. if I am fundamentally opposed to the premise of that journalist's actions, that's fine. This is a free country, but the hell I want to pay for it. And I, I think yeah. that's where a lot of people, like I especially don't want to pay for that ineptitude. She yeah. got the entire premise wrong, just so that our viewers might have a little context and you can actually see the documents um, and see all of our coverage of this at and support um, Pastor Art's fight for freedom at savearcher.com. And that's why this yeah. global news journalist, she might want to head on over to savearcher.com um, and have a peek because we've published all these documents in full. We've met with lawyers and you've done a series of interviews with Art's lawyer about how this one condition was removed. So Art was given for violating a court order that required him to allow his church to be inspected at any time, basically, and during open hours by Alberta Health Services, even if they were praying. Even though that's a criminal code violation, but... Even though it's a criminal code violation and and, uh, to not participate in what the government called illegal public gatherings, which at the time meant church and protests. Um, he was given this compelled speech order that required him to renounce himself, basically, and his own views before he gave his own views. And it, you know, basically gave the Pfizer salesman government talking points about social distancing and vaccination and the efficacy of restrictions and stay at home orders and all those things. He had to say that first. Anytime in the public, that he expressed his own opinion, so be it on social media or at a speech or even at his church, which would violate his fundamental freedom to practice his religion. That order was so insane that upon appeal, it was stayed. So now we've been granted, I think, leave to appeal and it has been removed. So basically it's set aside. So it doesn't apply anymore. And it was given to Art and it was given to David. And so these guys can speak their minds now about lockdowns, whatever. See, explained. Pastor Art and Chris Scott's compelled speech order stayed by the judge. That happened in November. 
<laughs> so like five months ago. And yet this global yeah. news journalist hasn't even caught up to that. And she's still calling for people to be arrested on court orders or at least portions of sanctions that have been completely stayed because they're thirsty for blood. They just want their political yeah. opponents locked up. Yeah. And and that that's exactly it is when we're like, oh man, like the Pavlovsky's arrested again. This is insane. Um, even and the crazy thing is is like half the time they haven't done anything new. The 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 crown or the courts are like, oh, here's some other thing from a year and a half ago. All of them, and we, we, I talked about this with Sarah Miller again. You can find it at savearthur.com and donate at savearthur.com to help Arthur's legal fees, but they're compounding. So the first court order, contempt of court charges on a court order that itself like i think the court order is more illegal than what the pavlovskis yeah. have ever done and that it violates sections of the criminal code and charter rights like i think the 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 document itself the court order violates more fundamental laws and is more against the spirit of Canadian law than anything the Pavlovskis have done. Well, that basis, we've now had charges upon charges based on the contempt things that are being appealed and held, just stockpiling. And if, if the original thing falls, which I mean, and this is, this is a concern because the courts, if the letter of the law is upheld, the original contempts will not stand. And then the whole thing will come tumbling down. And if you aren't already entirely sure that this is targeted harassment, well, when those court orders don't hold up, it's categorically targeted harassment because the entire basis from the get-go of this will not have a leg to stand on. So we're seeing these compounding and compounding and compounding uh, charges against them week after week. And the same response from anyone who's watching this objectively, and I know it's hard to attempt to watch things objectively, but if you actually manage to consider the facts here, Pastor Arch has been in jail for, I think, 40 days now. And it all stems back to, well, the homeless people are still going to be hungry. People dealing with addictions still need their church community. I'm not going to abandon these people, Pastor Archer's He's not, I'm not going to abandon these people. We need to be there to care for these people just because the cold doesn't go away because of COVID. The hunger doesn't go away because of COVID. So because of him insisting on continuing to serve these communities because they needed him, whatever people may say, they needed him. That, that care for communities, marginalized communities, is what garnered the fact that Pastor Arthur Pawlowski is in jail right now. And the response to that is not, well, maybe we've gone a little bored, a little overboard as the government, and it's time to let these guys go. This is ridiculous. These orders aren't in place anymore. They should have been dropped once all the, the restrictions were dropped. But instead, we have the government, Jason Kenney, saying that he's been accused of inciting violence, which is categorically false. And then now we have yeah. media saying, well, why haven't you locked his brother up again? Like, it's absolutely yeah. insane. It, it's literally this, like ultra divided society where they're saying, let's go get them. They're the other, let's get them. Let's destroy them. Well, I want to see them bleed. It's very gladiator era. They'd love these, these mainstream media outlets, Jason Kenney, these government agencies, the police, they'd love to throw this guy in an arena with the Alliance. That's, that's what they're trying to do. But uh, per Archer, as he always says, he is a lion and he's not going to be bowing down anytime soon. So, but it is very sad to see how far we have fallen. The media 
the government, the police, all these levels that are supposed to uphold the rule of law and maintain ordered society, they're categorically guilty of the lawlessness that has created this situation. And we saw it again this weekend with these peaceful protesters being marginalized and vilified, targeted and attacked because of an elite political class that doesn't think they're as entitled to their freedoms as they are. Yeah, and it's funny because these are the same people who say that they're advocates for marginalized communities um, yeah, yeah, and right. the homeless. Yeah, but they're quick to lock up the first guy who actually does work for them yeah. for political reasons. The, and their they, notion they really of a don't care what happens to them. Yeah. Yeah, their notion of a marginalized community is people receiving grants from them and putting up solar panels on their community hall. That's their like idea of marginalized people, not working class immigrant families, not uh, yeah. farmers struggling through a dry season, not like th these people who are genuinely on the margins, these people who come from countries where they experience persecution, they're seeing that emerge here and they're, they're trying to call it out. Well, those aren't the margins they're interested in. They're, in, they're interested in these token margins that they can control. Yeah, gender confused career students um, who are, yeah. I think, probably the most privileged people on the planet. That's oh, yeah. who they yeah. consider a marginalized community. Um, we have some yeah, exactly. chats that we should get to um, because these are from the weekend when we did our live stream. Um, we grabbed live streams from our journalists from all over the country at the freedom protests, the worldwide freedom rally, I should say. Um, there was one in Edmonton, but I was um, doing a bit of a working interview there. So I, I didn't do a live stream. But anyways, let's get to some of these from the raw footage live stream on Saturday. We've got Mick 3 ca a buck. People need to rally in every town every day of their lives for freedom or a coming enforced digital ID will destroy humanity. Um, by the way, on my story about the digital ID that's uh, supposed to be coming to Saskatchewan and they wanted $15,000 for their access to information, including $12,000 mm -hmm. for photocopying, after I did that story and tried to remind them what a PDF was, they came back and said, um, this is going to be a bit, a little bit of work for us. Would you mind taking a digital document? Yeah. Yeah, we would. <laughs> anyway, just a quick update on that. Thanks for, um, That's welcome good. to, uh, this century Saskatchewan. Um, yep. they still have phone booths there. Um, we, Mick three CA gives us a buck. People need to look, need to learn to book time off work and other things that will make them too busy for anything else so they can appreciate the freedom that all deserve. Uh, John N. Twistle gives us 10 bucks. Use your PVR or VPN to never get the woke, broke, disgusting, perverted ads from the mainstream media, CBC, CTV, or global. I learned Spanish from Mexican ads. Win-win. That's fun. I'm trying to figure out a way to get Fox Nation in Canada. If anybody has any advice about that, please drop it in a chat. Um, and Fraser McBurney, oh, sorry, John Entwistle, sorry. Thanks, you two, for being here, bringing truth day after miserable freaking day under the tyrant Trudeau. Thanks very much. Uh, Fraser McBurney, five bucks. Why not hold your rallies at surrounding cities like Okotoks, Airdrie, Cochrane, where Calgary cops have no authority? You know what? I'll give you my experience about this over the weekend. Um, when you tell Albertans what they can't do, that's how you get more of them doing the things you told them they can't do. So, for example, the Edmonton Freedom Rally, it's usually a couple thousand people down there on the um, larger days, like the Worldwide Rally for Freedom. It was probably a quarter of what it normally is because everybody went to Calgary. 
<laughs> they all went to show support for the Calgarians who were told that they could not protest because the crackdown hasn't quite come to Edmonton yet. Um, we just have a ban on honking that nobody pays attention to. So um, th that's the thing. People are not going to go to those other places where they're allowed to do things. They are going to continue to do the things the government told them they can't do, and they're going to do it in larger numbers. Uh, that's been my experience. Maybe Adam has a different take. Well, there there are protests in these towns, actually. Okotoks almost true, every yeah. Sunday has a protest. And it's really interesting to see the juxtaposition because there's one or two cops, not a heavy police presence. It's far more sane. And the cop comes up and talks to people. Um, there's even a semi parked and the semi driver came over and talked to the cop and said, there's nowhere to park. The cops like, oh, there's horses filling the street anyways. Don't worry about it. The, the police were actually like, conversing with the people and engaging them and being like, okay, it's fine. It's a protest. They're going to go support the businesses after, um, everyone in the small town knew the cops names. There was no issues. It was very peaceful and sensible. Like all the Calgary protests have been for two years until progressives decided to get involved. So the small towns are, are rallying. There are protests, I believe in Olds and some other towns occasionally as well. Um, so there's, I think it's under the foothills freedom rallies banner, but there are protests going on in these small towns as well too. Um, sometimes a couple hundred people, even in a small town. So uh, they are out there rallying as well. But I think for many of these people, um, the, the notion is we're not going to cede our rights in Calgary just because yeah. some lunatic mayor um, suddenly decides that her Beltline friends can't deal with an hour. I, I mean, I went to, I went to school where that was my high school where the protesters intersected. It's a loud area all the time. It isn't all that much louder for an hour when people walk through the streets. This has nothing to do with protecting the community or, or community activism. This has to do with attacking the ideas there 100%. It's the same 20 or 30 counter protesters every time. They aren't willing to talk. They aren't willing to do interviews. They're clearly trained because they're all standing uh, without moving. Um, if someone starts talking, organizers will come over them and, and silence them. It's a very sort of inorganic structured thing that's happening. There as a counter protest, very clearly activism. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Kushi 11, 24 gives us five bucks. Happy spring rebel news. Oh yeah. It was the first day of spring. Was it yesterday? Anyways, we had a catastrophic snowstorm. Like eight inches of snow like just <laughs> blowing sideways uh the highway was closed so i had to take a long way home from town yesterday um when i was getting groceries yeah welcome to spring in alberta um in like a polar bear out like a penguin i guess um i, I knew the snitching was bad but to catch this example really showed me how divided things have become you know what it's divided but not not necessarily i think we're divided from our mainstream media and our politicians. They're those, uh, you know, the, just the liberal establishment, I guess, to use shorthand to describe those two groups. Um, but I think normals, uh, yeah. we're sort of all on the same page here. I think most people are like, want to wear a mask, wear a mask. We don't want to wear a mask. Also cool. Uh, get vaccinated. Fine. Don't get vaccinated. Also fine. But don't make me lose my job or not be able to fly because I've made a different medical choice. I think most people are in that zone at this point. Um, I think it's just like climate change where the media and the liberals won't shut up about it. 
but normal people don't care about it, but they've been told they're supposed to care about it. So when they're polled on the issue, they're like, oh yeah, it's super important to me, but you really don't care. Um, but when the pollsters no, yeah. dial up your house or send you an email, you're like, yes, that's the number one issue in my life. It's not. Um, I think this is the same thing. And you look at the crowds, like you have thousands of people ranging from a dead week being like 700 people to the busiest weeks being seven to 10,000 people in Calgary protesting. The counter protests have been like, there's been three of them and they've been four to 25 people. Um, and the, the other wild thing is of these, of the pro freedom gang, um, that's attending these protests. It was so interesting to see this police chief say that he has no doubt that there are some paid protesters amidst them. Well, I mean, from the pro-freedom rally, other than people who are trying to start independent media outlets or whatever like that, like none of those people, that's their job, period. Yeah. But the fact that he says he knows there's some on both sides, well, if there's only like four to 25 counter protesters and he knows some of them are paid activists, this is not me saying it. This is the, I wouldn't suggest they're paid activists. I don't, I, I didn't think that necessarily, but the police chief, we have it on good authority says he knows at least some of those people are. So I don't know anyone on the, on the, uh, the freedom side that is a paid activist, but the police chief says there is too. But I mean, even if only a few of those counter protesters are paid, it's the majority of their protests because it's such a tiny little counter activism group. Um, and it, they're obviously backed by the, the, uh, Calgary mail and mayor. And it's interesting, right. As these mandates and restrictions, I said this the first week, these people showed up right as these mandates and restrictions were beginning to subside and the, the, the tide was turning and it seemed like freedom was in the air. Suddenly they show up like suddenly they show up as the tide is changing after two years, they haven't been counter protesting the whole time, but now they're there. Suddenly it's very strategic for a grassroots, uh, for a grassroots movement, yeah. I'd suggest. Yeah, it's weird. And for the mayor to say that, okay, tell us who these people are. You know they're there. Tell us who they are. Don't give me the names. Tell me who's paying them to be there. We can say that. Yeah. Like, uh, tell me if it's, you know, the Sierra Club is paying these people to be there or the UCP is paying these people to be there. I'm sure they're not. Um, but you know what? <laughs> you You have all this information. Tell me who's paying these people to be there then. Or are you just saying things just to say them? And we're just release a list, a docs list. That's what your people do, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I I guess that's okay now. So give us that. Bank accounts Um, and. Yeah. So where's the, where's the list? Tell me the organizations that are paying for these things. Or does he know that in these press conferences with a bunch of bloodlusting mainstream media journalists, he knows that nobody's going to say to him, "Uh, okay, who's paying them? How many people are there on both sides? We see you doing facial recognition. We see your your, um, people filming everybody. So you know exactly who's in the crowd. Who are these paid activists? But he doesn't say that, and he knows he's never going to get that question. Yep. Uh, On the plus side, we do know... Sorry, go go ahead. Sure, let's... uh, let's, She's actually got the clip. Olivia, roll it. Okay. 
suggest to you that that both groups are anything but homogenous. We've heard stories that uh, that you know the residents are out there, and these are all residents of the Beltline. That is not the information that I have. Uh, I certainly would agree that there's residents of the Beltline and maybe business owners participating due to their frustration, and that would be understandable. But there are also professional protesters out there as well. Uh, there are people out there who want to promote conflict here, and they would do anything to get their Kodak moment and to get their post. And that, that okay. goes for the other side too. I would suggest to you that this was a damned if you do and damned if you don't, no win for the police, because the bottom line is, if they ended up having to use uh, any force against the one side, of course, you know, we know how that turned out, right? They're targeting and they're supporting one side and not the other. If there was force used against the other side, which there has been in previous protests too, may I remind you, uh, then we hear that uh, our officers are Nazis and this type of thing, and this gets all over the right side, rebel media and freedom and that sort of thing. So, and that's okay. Nobody is suggesting that, you know, the police uh, shouldn't be subject to that sort of criticism. We all know how that works. But the reality of it is there was no winning on this one. And when you get two groups coming together like this who seem to be uh, pitted on having conflict, there there is going to be no win. But Nobody only one side's pitted conflict. on having conflict. Right, exactly. <laughs> That's exactly my point. The one side is just like, let us march. The police kettled everybody into the same spot at the exact same time, which seems like a terrible idea. Um, but again, he says, we know there's paid protesters. Okay, maybe I don't need the guy's name, but who's paying them? That would be helpful yeah. if you wanted me to believe this, you know. Anyways, yeah. we've got one more and chat. It, Sorry, go ahead. I appreciate yeah. that he actually said that he actually says that though. Like I yeah. will give him at least we try we don't give him too much credit. I do appreciate that he literally said these are not just innocent belt line. And he, he directed it more in that one direction. He was saying like Fair enough. these aren't just so kudos to him for actually saying that amidst the vultures, that's not what they wanted to hear. And he said, clearly this is not the case. It literally, we could tell this was going to happen as soon as GOT made that comment. As soon as those activists, they made GOT and her people made this plan in a back room before the first group of counter protesters showed up guaranteed. Uh, let's do this one last chat, and then let's jump ahead to how the Ontario government is reacting to yeah. um, the potential for future blockades um, by, I guess, opening up a tow truck company. Anyway, anyway Cheryl Don V gives us a buck and says, I'm concerned that the government will set up shell organizations and donate to independent media's crowdfunding, claiming terrorist funding, trying to shut them down. Don't overthink it. Don't give the government too much credit. They will just dump funding into the opposition media. That's all they're going to do. Um, so they'll just basically buy off one branch of the media. They don't need to nuke the other side. They'll just give give the failing media everything they need to continue to fail in perpetuity. Um, and if they now, do try that, we're going to catch them, and it'll be a massive story, and it'll backfire. So don't bother trying. Yeah, that's exactly it. Um, the yeah. Ontario government is introducing new measures to block further blockades. This is like trying to make murder more illegal <laughs> and, and thinking that the people who would normally break the law are going to listen to the law. Um, and this is uh, and, and not to say that I'm uh, I would put like a, a blockade of the border on par with um, murder. But people who are willing to be civil disobedient 
peacefully. Don't care if you've made a bad law even stronger. Um, and so, anyways, the Ontario government is going to introduce new measures to block further blockades. Um, they, you could find your driver's license and your vehicle registration revoked for participating in illegal blockades. So they're using the full force of the state to bring you into compliance. Those vehicles could be hauled away by, here's the crazy part, provincially owned tow trucks preventing further issues with blockade removals hampered by reluctant towing operators. So the tow truck operators are like, I'm not doing this to my fellow Ontarians. So the province is basically going to create their own towing company uh, by buying a fleet of tow trucks and then training a bunch of tow truck drivers, I guess, to collect dust until such time as another blockade breaks out. Um, if, if the new law, if passed, gives law enforcement the authority to direct owners and operators to remove their vehicles from illegal blockades, they'll be able to remove items used to illegally block roads and be given the power to suspend both driver's licenses and vehicle registrations of participants. It's $100 million in new spending, including public order training for law enforcement agencies and establishing a permanent Ontario police emergency management team. I wonder if they're going to provide training about how and when to not trample old ladies with walkers. Um, it's funny what is a mobility scooter? What is a bike? Yeah, it's funny how the reaction goes in one direction where they're like, we need to do more to crack down on peaceful protests, not, hey, boy, we didn't handle that exactly the best. Let's train the police officers about use of force and um, respecting civil liberties and to not engage in, I don't know, private chats that are not so private where you brag about training to stomp on old ladies going forward and hey we should use that move what like the rcmp musical ride team did that isn't anything in all of this hundred million dollars worth of suspend of spending it's uh it's just uh just more spending to crush civil liberties it's gross it's and it's like Okay, so th these these private business owners with tow truck companies whose livelihoods is to tow things was so morally opposed to what you were doing that they refused to be involved for money. These protesters risked everything. Like the, the lack of introspection to be like, maybe we should just not be so terrible as to prompt historical right. protests. No Maybe we there. should just do no. that. Yeah. Well, and this is the problem with big government. Ultimately, we need smaller government because the fact that the government's solution to prevent a protest is spend a hundred million dollars on buying tow trucks is absolutely madness. There's no, I mean, it will happen eventually that these cops will have to make amends in whatever form and face consequences for the things that they've done, pointing guns at people, um, trampling people, all of this stuff, arresting pastors. Um, shooting journalists. There is shooting journalists <laughs> with canisters. Like, 
if there is no consequence for this and the politicians who enabled it, and frankly, there has to be consequences beyond electoral for Justin Trudeau, the, the language and the tribalistic rhetoric and the discriminatory rhetoric that he directed towards people is by every metric discriminatory. That's what it was. Um, malicious, hateful, and it generated and garnered violent responses. It radicalized authorities um, like these horses who trampled an old lady. Um, but it, it's absolute madness. And the government shouldn't just be able to be like, we're spending $100 million on tow truck companies because all of society disagreed with us. It isn't that far off from saying, well, we're just going to buy tanks because society disagrees with us and our normal our normal authorities aren't willing to drive over people. Um, I don't think people in this country really understand. This is why people from Eastern Europe, Europe, immigrants from China, people from Vietnam, who have seen governments go from maybe semi-okay to totalitarian and communist. Um, they've seen all the warning signs before, and they're starting to see it again here, where the government, Big Brother, can never, ever be wrong. And if you disagree with Big Brother, Big Brother's not going to take a look in the mirror. We're going to have an even more homogenized state-funded media. We're going to have more control. We're going to buy more tools of enforcement to drive our narratives. And that's what we're seeing right now. We're seeing freedoms and voices of opposition quelled. Um, and pushed to the margins very much so once again, literally towed to the margins in some instances. Um, and it just has to stop. Like these, these governments have to stop spending. They have to stop thinking that they're infallible because they're not. Now, let's keep going to one last little bit of madness here. It's in the Toronto Star. So that should tell you where this story is going to take yep. us. Um, Ontario students. So congratulations, Ontario. You, I guess, are mask-free today, hopefully. As of Monday, masks in Ontario were optional in most public settings. But, you know, and this is, I was just saying to Olivia off camera, send your kids to trade school, people. Um, students are calling for more measures to prevent the spread of COVID-19. It's a betrayal to us. Ontario students walk out Monday in protest of the province's end to mask mandates. So, safer schools, 2022, mask mandates, keep everyone safe. Um, I don't understand why, the, like, I, I don't understand what they're trying to achieve here. If you want to wear a mask, wear a mask. They are. So, okay. Uh, what has that got to do with the poor person sitting beside you? Why do you have to take away their choice too? These are ideas so good they have to be mandatory, I guess. I mean, th these kids are, it's so sad because kids at this, some of them. yeah, great. what these kids should be doing is have like these kids with this extra initiative, assuming their parents aren't just making them do this, which is very likely. Um, we're talking about funded. I'd love to see who some of these kids' parents are, but that aside, let's say it is an, an active uh, initiative from these kids and they're politically active. And this is what matters. This is the fear that we've generated in these kids. This is no longer the science. Um, even Fauci is saying we're not going to be wearing masks forever. The, the science is no longer this. If we're following our healthcare professionals, it's this is no longer necessary. And we're moving on back to some semblance of normalcy. These kids have been so brought up in an environment of fear, what they should be doing is saying, listen, we're going to do a fundraiser for the food bank. The communities are hurting. There's lots of people out there. 
the new activism for these kids is not let's, let's raise goats and send them to Africa or let's, um, let's, let's do a fundraiser for the food bank right. or let's go out and help some veterans or let's spend time with some old people. It's virtue signaling about mask wearing and climate change. These things where these kids, they're not doing anything meaningful. A kid in Calgary, yeah. just like Greta Thunberg, frankly, um, no matter who the kid is, they can't do anything about climate change. They talk, frankly, the more active they become, the more they fly around, the more damage they do to the climate. Um, so th these things that they're becoming active on aren't tangible goals. It isn't, here's a community and help. Let's reach out and help them. So this masking thing is the new virtue signaling that these kids have been raised up in an environment of fear. And instead of doing something good for their community, this is the new form of, of activism. It's signaling that you in fact are more masked than the person beside you. And it's, it's, it's so sad to see because kids at this age, there's no way that organically they're thinking, I wish I was masked. It's not an organic yeah. thought. It's not. No, I have kids that age. And it's, it's bizarre to see kids. Kids are sort of, especially teenagers, they're sort of figuring out, at least in other times, maybe in, not just in the before times, but I think maybe other than this generation, um, kids at that age are trying to figure out freedom. They're grinding against yeah. their parents. They're grinding against society. And it is kind of startling to see kids enforce conformity at this age when that is the yeah. opposite of everything we know about the psyche of a teenager as they're figuring out to be an independent, free-thinking human being. Um, and so these kids are demanding complete homogeneity yeah. when that's the opposite yeah. of what teenagers are. Well, and there are there, the sad thing is, is there are times in history where we see the youth becoming radicalized. And it's often when you have exorbitant state control, state-funded media directly orchestrated, I'm going to use the terms of grooming children into ideologies sure. and the radicalization and activ activation of kids. And I mean, under Justin Trudeau, that is what is happening in Canada. That's what's happening in these schools, especially through some of these teachers unions, the narrative, you can join a teacher's group. And some of the comments are absolutely insane. Oh. So these kids, whether it's their parents or what, but they're being indoctrinated by their teachers. And it is very much like a mask youth generation where they're, they're being bred into the, this. And the, the wild thing is the extent, and I've done social work, but the extent to which the teachers and and the, the unions and lots of these media outlets are involved in grooming behavior where they're trying to separate the kid from the parent and they're creating almost, I'm sure lots of these parents probably aren't on board with this, but they're creating the, no, the rebellious thing to do is to be in line with the state and turn over your parents. If they dare question, uh, yeah. ambassador Trudeau, um, it's, it's scary to see this happening to our youth. Um, so, I mean, parents out there, talk to your kids, get them to ask questions questions. Don't just, don't just have them agree with you, but have them question. You need to teach your kids to question because you won't always be there to have their back. But as long as you train them with a critical mind and enable them to say, well, this isn't quite right. That's what matters most. And that's not happening right now, unfortunately. Yeah. It's weird to, to see the, the institutions, uh, work against 
parents and to actively yeah. divide kids from the parents and foster conflict within a household just because yeah. parents think something different than a teacher. It's very, very strange. But yeah, it's it's I really think that one of the greatest crimes, I guess, in the whole last two years of the pandemic was how badly damaged the psyche of our youth yeah. and children are going to be going forward for a very long time. I just think about, you know, just their, their um, constant state of anxiety that can't be good for their physiology. You know, when you're no. in a heightened state of fear all the time and it's coming at you from all directions, it's not just coming at you from school. It's on your phone all day. It's blaring at you. It's on TV. It's in the music that you listen to. Um, everything that you consume um, through media through the day is telling you to be more scared, more anxious, more angry, more divided. We're in for a wild ride, I think, the next generation. I'm worried. Yeah. And I think hopefully, hopefully there is that rebellion. Hopefully the kids push back. Oh, I hope so. I was talking to someone at the protest in Edmonton over the weekend and there they were talking about how um, being pro family and going to church and questioning the government and caring about freedom. That's the new punk. <laughs> like, <Yeah>. Hey, I'm <laughs> not going to lie. That was the old punk. It was too, but I mean, <laughs> there's a lot of people who think yeah. that, um, you know, like, that they think they're sort of badass and and uh, dangerous um, because they have purple hair, and it's like no, uh, be openly Christian, be an openly Christian yeah. woman on the internet, and <laughs> see how badass yeah. you are. Yeah. Uh, speaking of uh, Christians um, <laughs> on the internet, how's that for a segue? I'm sorry, my like feed is breaking up a little bit. Um, we'll get to this one last thing because we're a little bit over time. But um, Twitter has suspended the Babylon Bee for being too real uh, because yeah. they wrote a post about, oh, God, I clicked on the post and all it did was bring up Rachel Levine's face. Um, so <laughs> Twitter suspended the Babylon Bee for naming Rachel Levine Man of the Year. And um, I'm... I don't know. It's, again, it's just, it's too real because as a woman for the last, I don't know, five years, maybe it's nothing but, um, yeah. biological males stealing opportunities from women. And so when they satire this, then all of a sudden they've got to be canceled. Yeah. And Babylon B has said, if, if deleting the tweet is the cost of, and self-censoring, is the cost of getting our Twitter feedback, then we don't need our Twitter feed. So uh, kudos yeah. to them for that. They said, uh, Seth Dillon, the CEO said, we're not deleting anything. Truth is not hate speech. If the cost of telling the truth is the loss of our Twitter account, then so be it. But we've seen this go back, you know, all the way to um, Caitlyn Jenner being basically named woman of the year. And then we've got, um, you know, Liar Thomas, uh, stealing um, first place from a woman. Um, and so we, we can't even mock that. Um, and, you know, we've got big tech deciding exactly what we can think and what we can feel about these issues. Again, because it's just a little too real. Yeah. And that's just a truth stranger than fiction. Um, it's, I think, I think what they've done is they've nailed the ball out of the park. Um, it resonated. It's, it rung true for these people and they could, they can't stand that. Um, and, and what, what's haunting is you'll see some of these people who managed to sort of 
skirt the margins like South Park or Dave Chappelle and they try to cancel them, but they managed to get away with it. This one though, it just, it just hit home so perfectly. Um, and they, they didn't like that. They didn't like some people. I'm sure some people read that and went, huh? And that's what they don't like. They don't like realizations. They don't like thoughts. They don't like people waking up to the madness of a reality. So that's why they came down hard on him. But uh, kudos to Seth Dillon and Babylon B. Um, they replaced the onion entirely. I don't even know if that or care if that thing exists. Babylon B has been absolutely. Anymore. Yeah. Uh, but Babylon B has been absolutely killing it. So funny. Um, and th this one, yet another of the, uh, the smash hits from them. So kudos to them for standing their ground. And uh, I mean, it literally is a satire parody site that I don't know what Twitter is talking about. It doesn't make any sense. And the fact that they're not caving is good. We need more people uh, saying, you know what, screw it. If you don't want us on your platform, peace. Well, and that's the thing, like uh, Rachel Levine. So it, Rachel Levine has been given credit for being the first female four-star admiral in the public health corps and so united states assistant secretary for health and it's you know getting credit for being the first woman to do these things yet is a biological male and again babylon b was just a little too on the nose and so they run afoul apparently of twitter's policy on hateful conduct which is telling the truth in this instance, you will not promote violence against threaten or harass other people. Well, I'm pretty sure they didn't do that on the nope. basis of race, ethnicity, national, yeah. National origin, sexual orientation, gender, gender identity, religious affiliation, age, disability, or serious disease. Now, again, I say, um, religious affiliation, be openly Catholic on Twitter and see how your missions yeah. go, by the way. And yeah. Twitter never does anything about that. Not that I care. Shout at me. Um, luckily enough for my religion, my or for my uh, psyche on the internet, my religion prepared me to be hated specifically because of my yeah. religion. So I'm okay with that. Uh, but, you know, good, good for the Babylon Bee. Um, often people will just delete things they know to be true just to fall in line, and they're not... And they're probably going to be more popular than ever because of this. Yep, certainly going to be. It's uh, <clears throat> how many times have you seen kill all white Christian posts on Twitter? And Twitter's like, ah, oh, this doesn't violate the terms of our use, but uh, this does. And the, the underlying thing in this, it's so anti-woman because you give all the women of the year awards, all the women athlete of the year awards um, to men or former men biologically born men, whatever you want to call it. Um, the most yep. successful female CEO used to be a man. Um, yeah, all these positions, Leah Thomas, the most successful swimmer, um, one of the great, great Olympians, Caitlin Jenner used to be like, it, it's, it's as though to suggest ultimately on some level that women aren't even the best at being women former men can do that better too. Um, I just find it such yeah. an attack on women on a fundamental level, because frankly, and the, the cognitive dissonance, I saw this one article saying that um, the reason there's women's divisions is because in certain sports, women were dominating men or something crazy like that. There are biological Maybe differences. Shooting. I'm very, Maybe yeah, shooting. I'm very, uh, yeah, well, I mean, most of the records set by men, but regardless, regardless, um, 
you could outshoot me that much. I'm sure of, um, <laughs> but yeah, it, it's, it's you to win that award, but it, it's so crazy. And so just, it's such a departure from reality, the worlds that these people are living in. Um, and yeah, like you said, this, uh, this pointed it out to them to an extent, I think they realized, I think they're like, Oh yeah. Right. And they didn't like that. They don't like having realizations or introspection. Um, and Babylon B and satire parody are all good for those things. So we can't have that. Now, yeah, you point out, you mentioned something there about like kill all white male Christians or whatever. Yeah. Just go on to Twitter and put in the search engine, white male fragility, which is discriminating based on ethnicity and gender, but that's perfectly fine because it comports with their leftist worldview. You can say those things. You can scream about the white male reaction as a homogenous group, again, um, that's fine. You can just make those sort of distinctions and that discrimination, but you cannot point out that, Leah, yeah, white male fragility. Anything that you see a white guy doing in um, public, apparently all white males are guilty of that. Um, and so mm. you bear this burden of guilt. And so it, that's like a thing on Twitter. I don't know why I stumbled across it one day, but that sort of um, bias, discrimination, um, that's perfectly fine. You can talk about that all day long. It's fine. It's a leftist philosophy. Um, we should get to some of these last chats because we're 12 minutes over. I have things to do. Yes. I know you do too. Uh, Fast Learner gives us five bucks and says, do not underestimate the government. They and the globalists are learning. Next time the Emergencies Act is invoked, they will have new officers, new equipment, and media will be ready. It will look very different. You know what? Calgary just invoked their own version of it, right? Um, the only thing they didn't do is suspend bank accounts, but give them a minute. So yeah, you are right. I should not underestimate the government. I just think that um, they're not great. But it doesn't have to be as complicated as setting up a shell company to, uh, in, to I don't know, fake being white supremacists, to donate to crowdfunding yeah. efforts. They'll that just change the laws. It's a little bit complicated. They'll just change the laws. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, Cushy, 11.24, five bucks. I'm so confused. I live in Ontario and the one thing everyone has agreed on is the mask removal today. That's interesting and heartbreaking, to be honest. I guess we're talking about the kids who are pro-mask. You know what? Kids, be pro-mask. I don't care. Like, I, I don't care. Um, listen to your parents. Um, don't listen, not don't listen to your teachers, but don't listen to your teachers above your parents. Your parents are still in charge of you. And if you want to wear a mask, wear a mask. If you don't, you don't. I Just... Mind your own business. Leave everybody alone. Yeah. It's okay to disagree with people. Without I know they tell you crime. it's not, but it is. <laughs> Sometimes it's a hate crime, apparently. Yeah. Um, you can't even tell jokes on Twitter anymore. Yeah. Okay, I think that is over 13 minutes past the hour. Uh, all of a sudden, my Skype feed has unpixelated itself while the show is wrapping up. So that's nice. Um, a little late star link but i'm not going to complain um we should uh wrap the show up because i have some other things to move on to um adam thanks for co-hosting with me happy to thank be here you. thanks for having me yeah uh thank you to everybody who tuned in thank you to everybody who pitched in a little bit to keep the lights on here we really do appreciate that every little bit helps because we won't take money from justin trudeau how could we hold him to account if we did? Uh, thanks to everybody in the Toronto HQ um, for putting the show together. Olivia, that's you and all of our web team who do all the things they need to do to make sure that our viewers can tune in. Um, and I guess I'm back here um, with David Menzies tomorrow. 
uh, talking about the news of the day. And as David always says, stay sane. So, uh, so us asking simple questions. Get out of here and ask me. This is the guy's event. I'm doing my intro and you interrupted me. You're giving, you're giving him better content right now. Come over here, you're garbage. You stepped into my space, man. He's bothering me, man. He came up. I didn't want to interview him. He interrupted me when I was doing my intro. Credential media. What is credential media? We have, we have way more viewers than CBC, CTV, News. Way more. So, uh, so us asking simple questions. Get out of here and ask me. This is the guy's event. I'm doing my intro and you interrupted me. You're giving.